Podcasting from the CRW studio, this is the Two Drink Minimum with your hosts, Henny and Patron. Cheers, college football fanatics, and welcome back to the Two Drink Minimum. I am Dan Patron, and with me as always is Kevin Hennigan. It's championship week, and tonight we preview the Big 12 championship. The rematch at Jerry's World, the choke, the scoreboard watchers, the comeback, our analysis, picks, and more next on the Two Drink Minimum. Kevin, I have got a super soft IPA from Sloop Brewing Company. This is a huge game. As I pour this beer, this is a huge game. Potential play-in game for the college football playoff. Henny, I know that you spoke to former Colorado coach Dan Hawkins, and he had comments about this game. Roll that tape. makes a lot of good points right there (laughs) first of all you made a good point in asking the question how do you fire that guy i don't know i mean seriously he he lays down a quote like that in colorado lets him go their program has never been the same i just you brought up super soft that's that's what we're drinking right here super soft okay brewing company and that is that baylor in the second half oh of their last game against Oklahoma, oh. super soft. Is that what we're doing there? I'm sorry, Baylor, but and you're up 31, 31 to three, I believe. Coming in in that Hot. last game against Oklahoma, can you and I? Can you imagine, right, being anybody attached to Baylor? And what's going through your head since that game? The pot, the what if, what slipped through your fingers? Where you would be right now in this moment? If you had just finished off that game the way you played that first half, you're maybe fourth, fifth in these rankings, win and you're in on Saturday. This doesn't happen every year for Baylor. What You had a magical thing that you botched in that game. And, and even so, and the guy you're talking about losing sleep, right? It, it, it's a lock that he's the Big 12 coach of the year, right? I mean, Matt Rule, what he's done right. at Baylor – and what he's done with that program. I mean, this is the program. Remember, this is the Art Riles program. This is the program that was just done. More controversy surrounding the Baylor program than I think we've seen surround a program since that SMU death sentence. I right. mean, there was some stuff going on over there. They bring in Matt Rule. He completely changes the culture. He completely changes the team from that offensive fireworks to a defensive team. And he is without a doubt, unequivocally, the Big 12 coach of the year this year. However, Les he Miles. is left. He oh, is no. left. Les, 
<laughs> I didn't know. Les Miles in the in the Sunflower Showdown uh, did not perform, so he does not get that award. Okay. Uh, Matt Rule is unequivocally the Big 12 Coach of the Year. However, he has this nightmare to relive now. What do you see happening? It's game two. Game two, this is a rematch. Where do you see this game going? What are you focusing on here, Kevin, besides for it not being intramurals, it being the Big 12? This is the Big 12. It's Division One football, Patron. That quote is great. The last time I looked at the, the last time I looked at the line here was some, it was around ten points. Nine it, is I what Oklahoma I saw. Oklahoma favored by nine. Is that wrong? Uh, Do you think it's is that too many points? Because I don't think so. I think this game is going to be closer to what we saw in the second half of this game than what we saw in the first half with Baylor running away. Well, it, and it's funny that you mentioned that too. It's funny that you mentioned that because it's exactly what i wrote down when i my first notes about this game is the question here is what do you think happened in the first game and and that's really the crux of what you're looking at when you look at this rematch what do you think happened in the first meeting did oklahoma try to give the game away in the first half and then overwhelm them in the second half or did baylor flex its muscles and then choke away the game in the second half if you believe the former, you think Oklahoma takes care of business, maybe even blows Baylor out in this game. If you believe the latter, which clearly Las Vegas does not, true, then you think Baylor wins this game. So that, that really is the crux of the matter is what do you think, which half do you think was the half that most represents the, uh, the competitive level of these two teams? When I think back to that game, and it's a little foggy, it's been a couple of weeks, but there were tur- turnovers were an issue for Oklahoma early in that game, right? You have a better memory than I do, but there were, there were turnovers were a problem, and Oklahoma was giving over, Baylor the ball. They turned it over two, possibly three times in the first half of that game. Remember, I, that was the bartender at the Vermont ski lodge that I was at giving me the remote that controlled four to three different televisions. It's a beautiful thing. So, uh, you know, I, I, I'm all in, I'm all in. I was, I was watching this game, but this game was going on at the same time as a couple of other games up to, and including that Auburn Georgia game was happening at the same time. So I was jumping back and forth with where my eyeballs were. So some but quick I research, believe, but I believe that Baylor, uh, turned Oklahoma over three times in that first half. Jalen Hurts, one touchdown pass, three turnovers in the first half there. Mm. And that's been the theme with Oklahoma. So look at that, that memory. So look if, at that memory. If you look at that, I, I think that was that's a huge factor there with those turnovers that's not going to happen again this time. If you're Baylor and you're relying on those types of turnovers to be able to be in this type of game, I don't think that's well, going to happen not? again. Why not? That That's how Oklahoma's let – teams hang around all year long you know I, I mean their turnover margin is is we talked about it a couple of weeks ago their turnover margin is not where you would expect a top 10 teams turnover margin to be they're getting by with an absolutely phenomenal offense they're getting by with a great Jalen Hurts who's who's played exceptional this season he has they just looked amazing against Oklahoma State 
They they held Chuba Hubbard, uh, Chuba Hubbard in check. He had 104 yards, but he needed 24 rushes to get there. And that guy's, I mean, that's a that's silencing him. 104 yards, yards for Chuba Hubbard is definitely silencing him. So they looked really good. I mean, they won in Bedlam by 18 points at right. Oklahoma State. Granted, Oklahoma State did not look like the Oklahoma State earlier on in the season. We talked about yeah, quarterback receiver. We talked about yeah, Drew Brown and. You know that that would be a little bit different. He played yeah, some Wallace games, out, but yeah. but um, that Oklahoma State team did not look the same. But they looked good. Oklahoma looked really good in that game. Are they peaking at the right time? Yes. Is, is this a team that is going to take care of business against Baylor? What What, what do you see when you see that offense? Because I'm I'm giving you a low hanging fruit here, Henny, because I'd love to talk about Kennedy Brooks. But I know that that's your guy. Again, like the Clyde Edwards-Alaire thing, you were the first one pointing this guy out. Give him the ball. Let me see what they look like. Well, I wasn't the first guy. He was preseason first-team All-Big 12 running back selection. So all the media members thought he was I'm not saying first guy pointing him out. I'm saying the first guy guy saying (laughs) pointing out that they needed to feed him the ball more. That's a good point. Post-Texas game, you said, where the heck? is Kennedy Brooks. Well, look, they need to get him the ball more because he can dominate in this offense. And, you know, spot on. The, the, the Kansas State loss, three carries and two yards for Kennedy Brooks since that point. And you're setting me up here because you knew I'd be prepared to talk about Kennedy Brooks, and I appreciate the assist. From I was you actually hoping I got to say these stats because I have them written down. Too. All right, hit him with me. Let's, let's hear him. Go ahead. All right, well, I've seen 20 carries, 134 yards a game. They're using that guy to control the tempo, time of possession. It was, it was awful, in terms of the what happened in that Kansas State loss. That that is not a game they should have lost. Terrible play calls and distribution of the ball. You you were texting me during that game like, can they really sustain this? And they couldn't. Asking Hurst to do all that, you waste a huge talent, and now you're in a situation where you're having to hope some other teams lose to make sure you get in this playoff because you decided to give Kennedy Brooks three carries for two yards in that game. It was awful. You, and, it, was, it was not good, man. And, and since that time, Kennedy Brooks is, has crept up, crept up, crept up. He's still behind Jalen Hurts as their leading rusher. But at one point, he was way, way behind, and now he's 300 yards behind Jalen Hurts. I mean, if this is a team that plays Big 12 championship, if they play three more games, he may catch Jalen Hurts as far as uh, as far as their leading rusher in the last. So since that Kansas State loss, you brought up the averages, but that Kansas State loss, three carries, two yards. That's despicable in terms of how many times you're going to give the ball to your guy, your main guy. And we haven't even talked about Trey Sermon, who they don't give it to him either. Yeah, he's these that guy doesn't play. Anymore. But since then, Iowa State. 15 rushes, 132 yards. Baylor, 18 rushes, 93 yards. TCU, 25 rushes, 149 yards. Oklahoma State, best game of the season, 22 rushes, 160 yards. This is the this is the guy. This is now the what has changed in their offense. They smoke Kansas State if they play him tomorrow. They uh, absolutely. They you, smoke you, Kansas now State. you understand what you need to be offensively. You handle them. But doesn't Georgia smoke South Carolina if they play them tomorrow? I don't. Know. Georgia plays tight games. I have no I idea. Mean, granted, Brian Edwards is has no legs anymore or something. Right. I don't know so, what happened with him. But, um, but 
you know, I we can't replay that game. I agree with you, but we're here. We're now. Both of these teams have a loss, need this game to get to the college football playoff and to put their name in contention for the college football playoff with a Utah team that maybe wins, with a Georgia team that if they lose, maybe says we still deserve to be there with an LSU team. Oh, no, no. With an LSU team that if they lose, they say we still deserve to be there. Clemson, Ohio State, all of these teams vying for that spot. So these two teams, one of them is going to be knocked out. One of them is going to be part of the conversation. Terrell Bernard, your guy, linebacker. Uh, We pointed him out before the Baylor-Oklahoma game the last time we talked about the other night we talked about Isaiah Simmons with regard to spying Bryce Perkins Uh, Terrell Bernard is my same guy he's my same guy spying out uh, Jalen Hurts he did a great job last time I think he was the only guy on that team not scoreboard watching but can they stop or even slow that Oklahoma offense down I don't think so they relied on the turnovers, as we mentioned, but they couldn't stop the Oklahoma offense beyond that. And let's not forget the best receiver, maybe in the country, definitely the best receiver in the Big 12, maybe Oklahoma's best player, didn't even play in that game. So you're Baylor, you're up 31-3, to and they don't even have C.D. Lamb playing for Oklahoma, and you don't win that game, and now they're going to play you Neutral site with C.D. Lamb. Kennedy Brooks is rolling. Good luck, Baylor. You had your opportunity. C.D. Lamb is an elite receiver. That guy leads the Big 12 in touchdowns. He's top three in basically every category in that conference. It has some really good receivers, and Baylor has one of their own. But you don't you don't beat them when they don't have C.D. Lamb? Now that they do, and then Charleston Rambo, can, he's a number two receiver. Now he's allowed to be a number two receiver. That's a, a, it's a huge difference that cannot be ignored, the fact that that dude didn't play in their first game. Right, at CeeDee Lamb, 50 receptions. Do the math for me real quick here, Kevin. Uh, approximate. Okay. 50 receptions, 1,035 yards. Let's just say 1,000 yards. Okay. 50 receptions, 1,000 yards. How, how many yards is that per catch? i say about 20.7. 20.7 yards per catch. Right. And they're not always throwing deep to this guy. They throw him these, like, five-yard outs, three-yard outs, and he just goes. Right. I mean, this is, this is a guy, you mentioned it, maybe the top uh, wide receiver in the country. It's a stacked wide receiver, you know, crop coming out this year in terms of NFL draft. I mean, heck, if you're NFL execs, you might be able to get a stud in the third round this year. Right. Um, But C.D. Lamb has got to be right up there near the top. His ability to beat you after the catch is maybe unmatched by anybody. You start talking about route runners for, you know, 40-yard dash, this, that, the other thing. But the ability to beat you after the catch, for my money, C.D. Lamb is my guy. I'm with you. And, And that's... And that's high praise considering the other guys you're talking about this year. And the fact that he didn't play last time is, whew. You don't beat them without C.D. Lamb? You're not going to beat them once they have C.D. Lamb. But, I mean, in reality, which is where when, they're playing when you this take game. a look at Baylor, 
is, is Baylor really the seventh ranked team in the country? I mean, y- you know, Alabama's better than Baylor. Absolutely, absolutely. They're they're probably a two touchdown favorite. You know, I Oregon's better than Baylor. I'm sorry, I'm taking Oregon neutral field against Baylor next week. Yeah, I'm with you there. So, uh, Michigan, Penn State, a bunch of these teams. You know, Baylor is, and this is my problem, is that Baylor's getting rewarded for an awful non-conference schedule. And they've they've been, I mean, you sneak by some teams that are not very good. Baylor beat Rice by a touchdown. You beat West Virginia by a two-point conversion. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Rice needed a two-point conversion to get back in that game. You know, like those, you look at what Baylor's done. They're not They beat Iowa State by two. Iowa State's not a bad team. Texas Tech in two overtimes. Right. I mean, that's uh, – that's West it. Virginia by three. They got lucky against TCU. TCU that was a game that was three on either way. Yeah. TCU in three overtimes. Now, look, granted, granted, I, I'll tell you this, and again, this is why Matt Rule is clearly the Big 12 Coach of the Year. That is a heart-wrenching loss against Oklahoma. Just rip it out and stomp on the floor. They come back, and they work Texas over by two touchdowns. And then they completely slaughter Kansas. I mean, since that heartbreak, since the Oklahoma heartbreak, they're 85 They work over Texas. The game was 7-3 at halftime. 85-16 to 16 is what they've done since the Oklahoma game. I'm with – I mean, they – what, 16 was 16 points in their last eight quarters. I think they've allowed something like – I mean, really, yeah. really impressive stats. Yeah. But what I wonder about Baylor – We you talked about with Jalen Hurts before Baylor. – you, Charlie Brewer, is having. Is it sustainable to have that guy be your leading rusher? That when you go back to the Oklahoma Baylor game the first time, their running backs had I think six carries for the entire game. We highlighted the disparity with carries with Hertz and Brooks and the Oklahoma running backs. If you're Baylor, if memory serves correct, Charlie Brewer had close to twenty carries, and the rest of the dudes had six. You can't be doing that. You're going to force this guy to be your entire offense. It didn't work for Oklahoma, and Hurts is better than Charlie Brewer at being a dual-threat quarterback. It's not going to work for Baylor yeah, they to gave do that. It, they gave it to Love it once. One time. One time but he's five yeah. yards. Okay. They gave it to, they gave it to Love it and one then, time what did Hasty do? Hasty yards. only had a couple carries, right? And then Hasty... They gave it to – and both these guys – both these guys almost have 100 rushes for the season. Lovett has 97. Hasty has 98. They they tout this this two-headed monster back there. So uh, against but, Oklahoma, they had how many carries but combined? Hasty, Hasty had three. And right. Lovett, John Lovett, uh, had one. And against, uh, against Texas, they combined for 11 carries. It's just odd that you're not even using your running backs here. Yeah. They do have very – Good receivers. Can we get a love it joke in here? I mean, the guy's name is John. <laughs> the guy's name is John. All right. Good for you, Jack. You're a Seinfeld person. You're winning um, there. Charlie Brewer, though. I mean, look, hey, Charlie Brewer is 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 no slouch. This guy's had a really good season. Charlie Brewer's thrown for almost three thousand yards, sixty five percent, twenty touchdowns, six interceptions. He's got some nice weapons out there on the outside. That's true. Throwing to Denzel Mims. Um, Thornton out there, uh, Taekwon Thornton. This is this is a good team. 
Baylor is a good team. They are. And, and I know that maybe you listen to the first 10, 15 minutes of this, you, say, you think that we're ripping on Baylor and saying that they stink. They're a very good team. Number seven, I'm not sure I buy. And they, if you couldn't stop, if you can't stop Hurts scrambling, extending plays, picking up first downs and scrambling, it's going to be a long night for you defensively. And Baylor wasn't able to stop him doing that. They're able to get nice pressure from that D-line with a pocket passer. They're going to eat a guy like that up. But Hertz was able to do what he needed to do for them. I think Oklahoma is a much better team than Baylor. I am fine with you know Vegas saying it's a 9- or 10-point game because this is going to be interesting because Oklahoma – is going to beat Baylor by more than Utah is going to beat Oregon. Ooh, well, we'll get to the, hey, 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 hey. We got to talk Oklahoma Don't give here. it away. Don't give out the Utah, Oregon. So, all right, give me your score. Give me your score. Let's do this. Uh, wrap it up. Give me your Baylor, Oklahoma score. Oklahoma 38, Baylor 24. Okay. Baylor, okay. they have a good good red zone defense. They can tighten things up, but just not enough here. I've Oklahoma's got, better. C.D. Lamb's awesome. I've got 35-27. Oklahoma wins. Um, like you said, just that offense is too good. Baylor is still just very untested. They got by on smoke and mirrors. Uh, couldn't beat this team without C.D. Lamb. They had their chance. And they had their chance, and it's going to be tough for this time. Oklahoma's been there. All their guys have been there. Jalen Hurts has certainly played in some huge games. The experience is there, coaching staff and players. Oklahoma gets it done. That is all we have for tonight. Check us out on Twitter at Henny and Patron. You can listen and subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Anchor, Stitch, anywhere else you may listen to podcasts. Special thanks to our brewery tonight, which is Sloop Brewing Company for a delicious, super soft IPA. That was really good. Hopewell Junction out in uh, Hopewell Junction, New York. Super soft IPA. I am Dan Patron. He is Kevin Hennigan. <laughs> I'm trying to do it like you. I can't. Kevin Hennigan. And this is the two drink minimum. Cheers. Cheers.